This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Today with me, I have special guest Amy McFarlane. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Amy. How are you this morning? I'm great. It's a Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Happy weekend. So, you know, here's the thing about being uh, ready for retirement. Statistically, people who have a written plan for retirement end up with 20% more in retirement assets than people who don't have a plan. And if you think about, you know, an actual plan in retirement, there's quite a few things that go into that. Everything from health insurance and Medicare to Social Security to figuring out what to do with your investments and then how to turn them into a source of income. So what we're going to talk about today is is some of the top things that people need to be considering when uh, they're ready for retirement. Okay, well, I can say that I know that health insurance is a big deal for people in retirement, But can you comment, how does Medicare really work? Yeah, that's a very confusing thing for a lot of people. So there's really four parts to Medicare, and that's kind of why it gets to be uh, uh, confusing for people. Okay, well, fire away. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, Medicare has Part A and Part B, okay? And that's the parts that people are maybe the most familiar with. Part A with Medicare is something that you're supposed to sign up for right when you turn 65, so do you know how soon you should kind of, before you're 65, go in and talk to someone about that? Um, no. Okay. So, <laughs> you know what? The best advice I can give people is to get in there and talk to somebody about three months before you turn 65 to get all, right. all your ducks wow. in a row for your Medicare planning. Now, the Medicare Part A is uh, the hospital part. And whether or not you're actually going to start using Medicare or whether you're going to stay on your own private health care for a while, maybe you're still working and going to stay on your company plan, you still have to sign up for that Medicare Part A when you turn 65. Is there anything... Are there penalties if you don't? There can be. Yep, there can be. So it's really important that you get signed up for the Part A. There's no charge for the Part A, so there's no no fees that are going to happen when you start doing that. But that three months before you're 65 is a trigger for you to get yourself into somebody and talk to them about Medicare. All right. Now, the Medicare Part B is the doctor piece of it, and Medicare Part B does have a cost to it. So when you're ready to come off of your company's health insurance plan, Medicare Part B is what you want to trigger to get that piece of it started. Now, Medicare Part B usually runs somewhere around $110, $120 a month, and a lot of times um, the, the government will take it right out of your Social Security check if you want it to be that way. Okay, so Part A and Part B, and then the third part of Medicare is Part D, D like in dog or D like in drug, (laughs) I should say. (laughs) And the Part D is the drug coverage. Now, the thing that people don't know about the drug coverage is that there are various levels of drug coverage that you can get, and the drug coverage really needs to be dialed in based on what medications and prescriptions you're actually taking. And then as you move through retirement, you may adjust which drug plan that you're on if you have new medications that you're going to start taking. So the interesting thing about the drug program, too, and the thing to be super aware of is it does carry a pretty significant penalty if you don't sign up for it right when you're supposed to. 
So as soon as you're done with your company health insurance or private health insurance, you want to start the Part B and the Part D to avoid penalties on that Part D. And those Part D penalties, they have some teeth to them. They follow you around for your rest of your life if you don't do it when you're supposed to do it. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it's significant. Okay. So Part A is hospital, no charge. Part B is doctors. There's about $110, $120 a month charge. Part D is your drug coverage, and that can vary anywhere from $5 to $500 a month. It depends on what plan you have and what kind of drugs you need. And then the last piece of the Medicare kind of whole health insurance package is having a Medicare supplement plan. And a Medicare supplement plan is something that you buy privately. It's not run through the government, although the benefits of it are government mandated and what they have to cover. And it's something that you pay for on your own. So my best advice with Medicare Supplement is to go to a good local health insurance agent and um, talk to them about what your needs are and help them get you set up on a Medicare Supplement plan. The supplement plan is really supposed to pay for everything that Medicare Part A and B doesn't pay for. So it's kind of a catch-all and going to pay for a lot of the things that the rest of it doesn't cover. Now, they can run anywhere from about $125 to $150 a month, too. So if you kind of add up what you're going to be spending in retirement for health care, you probably better plan around $300 dollars a month or more, depending on your drug needs, just to have your base health care needs set. All right. So I hear that all the time in retirement, you know, that that's one of the biggest issues that retirees face. So hopefully that clears up some questions for people and you make sure that you address it at the right time. That's right. (laughs) So another question that I get is, you know, what is retirement going to look like for me? So, you know, Amy, when you think about yourself retiring, what do you think about, how do you think you'll spend your time? Uh, well, hopefully on the golf course, Mary. <laughs> that would be my first thing. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess I I would wonder how much you're going to need well, for retirement. Yeah, that is that is probably the next thing on people's mind when we get from, you know, past the healthcare question is, well, how much am I going to need in retirement? So that's the next big key question. So I'm going to answer that in a couple of different parts. Number one, it really depends on how you want to spend your time. So there's no one magic number in retirement for people, but retirement today is very different than the retirement of yesteryear. I mean, in the past, it was about sitting on the front porch in your rocking chair, kind of watching the world go by. The golden years, Yes, exactly. There's a reason that it was called that. And certainly some of your time might be spent this way, but retirees now seem to focus more on reinventing themselves and on spending time doing the things that they love. I mean, will you want to travel? Will you want to spend your time on the golf course? Will you want to spend your time on golf courses all over the United States? (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of people want to pursue a passion or, or maybe even start that small business that they always wanted to start. So the first thing that I would say is really spend some time thinking about and understanding how you want to spend your time in retirement, because that really does help us back into the question of how much are you going to need to fulfill your retirement dreams. Sure, and not run out. Right, exactly. So if you think about your retirement, then 
Um, let, let me tell you a little story about a client that I worked with. All right. We had a client who liked his job, but he actually had a high level of passion in the field of aeronautics. And um, his his main job wasn't in that field, but he really wanted to pursue more education in that area and be able to kind of work for fun in the aeronautic industry. So we worked together to go through their financial planning to create a plan, and we were able to set him up for early retirement set up his investments to create some income for a couple of years while he went to school and did some training in the aeronautic industry. And then he was able to take a job working in a new field. And we were able to adjust his income based on new earnings, you know, so while uh, early retirement income kind of helped him in those early years to get through the school part, then we were able to adjust that retirement income back down. He didn't need as much because he was working, but as he calls it, he was working for fun. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> so wouldn't that be nice? You must sing your praises for that. Well, I hope so. <laughs> but this is really what newfangled retirement looks like today. Okay. It's it's about it's doing what we love. So, um, you know, when you think about how much you need, there are different tools that, that are out there to help you figure this out. One of the things that we've put together is a retirement readiness kit, and it includes lots of tips and tricks. It includes some things about Medicare, about Social Security, about budgeting, about long-term care, and we're going to talk about some of these things. Okay. But I just want to encourage people to call in. Uh, we have operators standing by 24 hours a day, so you can call in at 605 217 3555 and request our retirement readiness kit. Okay. Be happy to send that out to you and I think you'll find it very valuable. Anybody who's within 10 years of retirement, I think you're going to want this information. Okay. That's so wonderful. give us a call. Um, okay. So back to how much you're going to need during retirement. When you are ready to start planning this retirement, the first thing you need to figure out is where your sources of income are going to come from. All right. So, Amy, can you guess what the biggest source of income is that people question first? Boy, uh, maybe their Social Security? Absolutely. Social okay. Security. So, you don't normally get mailed out the Social Security statements anymore. They used to mail them out, but now you have to go online and you can figure out what your Social Security is going to be. So, you can go to ssa.gov to find out that information. And... The Social Security piece of this is important because it's what we call one of your base incomes. And so knowing what that is going to be is going to help you get started with your planning. The next thing that you want to do is figure out if there are any other types of base incomes. Do you have some pensions out there? Do you have a military pension? Do you have a pension through a job that you worked at for a number of years? And the anything that creates a steady monthly paycheck for you is part of what we call your base income. And we start there when we try to figure out what kind of retirement income somebody needs. So, Mary, within the retirement readiness, I'm wondering, I bet everyone thinks this, how do you plan to have enough? (laughs) Well, having enough really depends on what your lifestyle is going to be. So there's a lot of formulas out there to benchmark how much income you need, but there's no one magic number. So your amount should be aligned with the lifestyle that you want to lead. The best way to determine this number is to look at your current spending patterns and then estimate what expenses will and won't continue into your retirement years. 
So we have a great retirement budget worksheet that is part of the retirement readiness kit that we would be happy to send you. Just call in to our 605-217-3555 number and uh, we'll include that budget worksheet. But you have to figure out what income sources are coming in. You have to figure out what expenses you have. And generally speaking, there's going to be a gap. (laughs) There's going to be a gap between how much is coming in and how much is going to go out. And then the next step is to say, okay, here's my retirement investments. Here's the 401ks I have, the IRAs I have, all my savings that I have. And then you have to figure out how to use those assets to fill that gap. All right. So the one thing, though, that people don't really know how to plan for is how long is it going to last? Is it going to last? Exactly. Fear of running out. Yes. (laughs) That is probably the biggest fear in retirement. (laughs) Running out of money, which really Running out of money is all about living too long. It's living, it's yes. outliving your money, right? So, you know, hopefully your money's going to last a long time. And it's really impossible to accurately predict how long you're going to live. But one of the things you can do is look at the longevity within your family. Right. You know, if you have parents or grandparents that lived well into their 90s, you have a more uh, likely time to live into your 90s too. Um, Generally speaking, prudent financial planning suggests that you should plan for at least until age 95. Okay. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then when you're planning, what you really want to make sure that you're doing is not forgetting that there's this nasty little thing called inflation. Mm. And inflation just means that the cost of living gets bigger and bigger. So if we look at inflation over, say, the last 40 years, it's averaged around 4%. If we look at it over the last 10 years, it's averaged less than 2%. Um, But the bottom line is inflation is real. I mean, your grandfather would never have believed that he's going to have to pay $4 for a gallon of milk. Because <laughs> right. he could buy that for a dime yes. <laughs> back in his day. And another kind of way to look at inflation that, that makes people laugh is for a lot of people listening out there, I would venture to guess that your last car that you bought cost more than your first house did. Oh, So if you think about that, your last car probably costs more than your first house. And so that is actually inflation in action. Things just get more and more expensive. So you have to figure out inflation into your picture. Now, there's a... There's a quick and dirty rule of thumb that you can use in financial planning to estimate how much income you're going to need, okay? And the quick and dirty rule of thumb is if you have a pool of investments, you probably can spend around 4% of that a year, and there's a pretty high likelihood that you won't run out. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that, obviously. (laughs) I'm saying likelihood. But if you don't pull out more than about 4% a year from your pool of investments, it's it's more likely that you'll still have money no matter how old you live to. But the minute that you start taking out more than 4%, the probability of running out during your lifetime starts to go up pretty dramatically. So if you have $100,000, you can plan to spend about $4,000 a year from that. If you have a million dollars saved, you can spend about 40000 of that, and your likelihood is that you won't run out. But if you start spending sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year out of your million, then the probability is you are going to run out of that pool of money. Okay. So that's a great quick and dirty rule of thumb for retirement. Now, 
<clears throat> I get a lot of questions about how do I take the money that I've saved and turn it into income. Oh. So, you know, Amy, you've been saving money all your life, mm-hmm. building up your retirement funds. How do you think it might feel when somebody says, okay, it's time to spend it? I think I would be awfully cautious, yeah. personally. <laughs> um, it might be something that would trigger uh, something new, mm-hmm. something new in my life, I would guess. Maybe a way to make some more money. Yeah, well, I think most people are trying to think about not spending that retirement for all these years. And then when when you actually are ready to pull that trigger and retire and start using that money, there's a huge emotional paradigm shift that has to happen for you to get comfortable actually spending the money that you saved all these years. Yes, because you would feel like you shouldn't be pulling it out of your savings. Yes, because you still view it as savings. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a number of different ways that people can turn investments into income. One of the things that you can do is look for investments that pay dividends. Um, And there are a number of different stocks or funds out there that are geared towards dividend paying. Now, everything that you invest in likely has some level of risk, so keep that in mind. And most dividends aren't guaranteed, but having dividends be a part of your retirement strategy is, generally speaking, a good thing to consider. There's also ways to turn uh, pools of money into income where you can have um, like a monthly paycheck type of income come from them. So you'll want to talk to the financial planners that you know, or of course call us, (laughs) and um, we can help you figure out how to take all of these savings that you've had and turn it into income. Okay. Now, the Retirement Readiness Kit that we talked about earlier has a lot of great information in it. It has information about Medicare, Social Security, long-term care, and also has some information about actual investment planning and budgeting inside of it. So I encourage everybody to call in, request that Retirement Readiness Kit. Just give us a call. 605-217-3555. Fantastic. And again, don't forget, you can join us at our Retirement Readiness Seminar that is going to be on March 22nd at the Sioux City Country Club. So, okay, continuing on with retirement readiness, another thing that people often talk about is how do I make sure that I have all of my ducks in a row with estate planning? You know, having all those legal documents in place in retirement really is a big piece of making sure you kind of have all of your I's dotted and T's crossed. Okay. So there's really three different things that I recommend that people start with to have their estate planning ducks in a row when they're heading into retirement. The first thing is that everybody should have a will. So the will is going to basically say, here is what is going to happen with my stuff when I die. Now, if you don't have a will, then the state that you live in is going to decide who gets your stuff and how they get it. Yikes. Yeah, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I really don't want to leave that up to the state government. Yeah, no, 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 thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to decide, and the way for you to decide is by having a will. Um, a lot of people think that if they have a will, that that will is the primary thing that dictates where money goes. But what some people don't realize is if you have an investment account or an IRA or something like that, and you have listed a beneficiary on there, the beneficiary designation at the account level supersedes the will. Okay. Okay. So if you have a old pension from when you were married to your ex-wife, 
and her name is still on that. But your will says that it should go to your new wife. Guess who's going to get it? (laughs) Not the new wife. The ex-wife will get it. So your beneficiary designations absolutely matter. And so anybody listening who thinks they might have that, I really suggest you review your beneficiary designations and make sure you have them exactly the way (laughs) that you want them. Okay, so having a will, the next thing is to have a financial power of attorney. And a financial power of attorney is a standby document that says who can handle your accounts if you become mentally incapacitated. It's something that doesn't come into play until you are in that situation, but it's really good to have on hand. And then the last document that I think is very important is the health care power of attorney. And it combines the pull the plug, don't pull the plug questions mm-hmm. so that you can say what you want to have happen with who can help make health care decisions for you if you're too ill to make them yourself. So that three pack of documents, the will, the financial power of attorney, and the health care power of attorney are very important in terms of um, having your legal ducks in a row. So hopefully that gives our listeners some good tips and tricks to think about when it comes to retirement readiness. And we will look forward to seeing you join us at the Retirement Readiness Seminar on March 22nd. Just uh, register online or give us a call and uh, also call in for our Retirement Readiness Kit. Yes, well, or strictfinancialservices.com. Yep, you can find us there. Call us at 605-217-3355 for your free copy of the Retirement Readiness Kit. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sturk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dunes, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.